Welcome to Insights for Manufacturing, a podcast that supports the UK manufacturing sector. Hosted by Jeff Beecham, the manufacturer's recruiter. Hello and welcome to Insights for Manufacturing. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, Laura Crawford, who is the founder and editorial director of Machinery and Manufacturing. Uh, which is a magazine and website. Uh, so welcome to the show, Laura. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show, Jeff. It's an okay. absolute pleasure to be here. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, I understand, are, are you at the 12-month stage yet of the of the publication or business, or is that coming up shortly? I am. In fact, actually, yesterday we went live with the seventh issue of Machinery and Manufacturing. So technically we do six a year. So that kind yeah. of, um, you know, that ticked us over into our year two. So we have just just gone through the first anniversary. We actually Brilliant. launched um, on the 10th of February. So I'm not classing our birthday um, celebrations until um, the 10th of Feb. So, yeah, it's been exciting. Great. Well, we'll talk more about the website and the and the magazine in a bit. Um, machinery and manufacturing are two of my three favourite work topics, the other being executive recruitment. What's the manufacturing sector got to do to get more people talking about it more positively? I mean, there's, there's a number of exhibitions, websites, publications, lots of stuff going on, but there's still, you know, I guess a lot of negativity, which is, isn't helped by mainstream media, but... You know, in terms of within the sector, you know, what what have people got to do to just create more of a, a, a sort of positive but real environment for us all to, to sort of thrive in? I think, to be honest with you, Jeff, um, the problem isn't necessarily, as you say, it's, it's not within the sector. If you, if you speak to people within um, manufacturing, people are generally... Um, quite buoyant in business at the moment, happy. Um, and most people that I tend to gravitate towards, I suppose, um, are very um, positive and active in terms of shouting about UK manufacturing. But we can do more. And I think, as you've sort of touched upon, staying away from the mainstream media is one thing for us to um, ensure that our mindset remains positive. Um, and as we know, positivity drives growth. But it's just speaking about it, isn't it? You know, and just um, speaking to our friends, our family, our children. I think we're all a little bit guilty of not really speaking about our work lives at the pub at the weekend. And um, I must admit, in the last year or so, I've, I've been doing this 20 years, but in the last year or so, since starting my own company um I've had more conversations with friends and family about work just because they're a little bit intrigued um and you know people's opinion is oh manufacturing how's that going then but it's really tough Mm, no actually it's a very buoyant market and um, is a huge uh, contributor to um you know the gross profit of the, the the UK in general so um, yes, I think the key is to answer your question, you know, we all just need to be more vocal and, and you doing this fantastic podcast is, is another stream um, and way for us to, um, you know, speak about manufacturing and, um, you know, keep the word out there and at the forefront. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, people in the sector, uh, you know, typically talk about it all the time, but if, if you're not in manufacturing, 
almost off the radar for a lot of folk because uh you know it's only really the the huge companies that get any airtime on on mainstream media and uh you typically only get to hear about businesses that are you know laying off hundreds or thousands of people or uh you know some of the the huge companies that are you know expanding or you know winning an award or so you know it, it just seems like the, the the big players are the ones that get all the all the focus but um so that sort of leads me on to my next question because i know you've got a huge passion for stem and encouraging more youngsters to consider a career in, in manufacturing so I've, I've asked this question to quite a few people but how, how how do you think we can change the outdated assumptions and perceptions about manufacturing so that kids can get really excited about what can be a you know a very rewarding and lucrative career choice yeah absolutely it's something that we all you know need to take responsibility for and you know take action on it's um it's something that i'm really passionate about um as you've um just said i think again we just need to involve these kids and expose them to manufacturing from a young age my little boy is he's only um seven and he he wants to be an engineer. He's he's been telling me for a long time. He's very into machine tools. He's he's been brought up by me at home. Um, and he yeah. sat sat beside me with YouTube on for hours on end. But last week, he, his teacher pulled me aside because they were having a careers chat in class, and um, they got to Rory and he said he wanted to be a baker. Um, and his teacher actually pulled me aside to tell me this because mm. she called him out on it. And said, Rory, just because everyone else in this room is saying they want to be a hairdresser, a fireman, a chef and things like that. She said, I thought you were going to be an engineer. You're an amazing young engineer. And he sat bolt upright and said, oh, I am. I am. I do want to be an engineer. And, and just that conversation that I had with the head of the school made me realise, and she realised it in that moment, the conversation about manufacturing and engineering doesn't even go on within the classroom it doesn't enter yeah. their head yeah. and of course we need we need we need bakers we need um hairdressers we need mechanics we we need firemen and teachers and nurses and of course we need those roles and and yeah. just the record if he does become a baker i'll support him and be really proud of him yeah but absolutely what i'm getting at is the conversation that i had with the head teacher and she knows that i'm really you know passionate about stem and encouraging and inspiring kids from um around this age into manufacturing and engineering um the fact that she felt the need to pull me aside and she had noticed it just reaffirms my i guess it was an assumption to a degree because i'm not a teacher mm. um that these kids just don't even know really what the options are. It's not a job that's um, discussed. And I think fundamentally we need to change that yeah. from the early years, just sevens, eights, nines, tens. Um, I mean, you know, they're doing their 11 plus between the age of 10 and 11, and that determines what secondary school they go to. And I guess that kind of brings me on to, um, you know, the, the university technology colleges that have amazing STEM equipment and facilities for children um, yep. to go through young adulthood and into the apprenticeship um, schemes. But they need to be making their, not making their mind up, that sounds ridiculous, but they need to be into the mindset from, I think, at least the age of nine, if yeah. you like. Um, can we do to encourage that well 
speak about it again. Yeah. Speak up. You know, if 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 anyone has got if anyone shares this opinion that I have about this, do you have these conversations with your head teacher at your local primary school? Do you challenge um what STEM learning the children are doing? And if not, why not? That yeah. is kind of my take on it. We all need to take action. And by taking action, that can just be a 10-minute conversation, you know, about STEM and engineering and encouraging people to to do more. Yeah. The, the other thing is, I, I was thinking then, just, to, just as you were talking, um, uh, I mean, it's a long time ago since I was at school, clearly, but, uh, you, you know, you, you, you get a sort of peer pressure, don't you, whether, whether it's in primary school or, or secondary school or at college, and the thing is, as you say, if 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 the if the class as a whole isn't mentioning or talking about manufacturing or engineering at all, it's very difficult for them to grow a a following for engineering and manufacturing. You know, a lot of kids, some of them will uh, be hell bent on, you know, I want to be an astronaut, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a surgeon, I want to, I want to build houses whatever it might be and some children are very very fixed in you know they know what they want to do or they think they do at that time but they're very very passionate about it and it's hard to um change their thoughts on that and why would you but if they're if if a lot of the kids are just talking about and, and i don't want to belittle you know working in a shop being a hairdresser working in an office you know being a traffic warden teacher what whatever it might be a lot of kids will ah well Dave or Susan's doing they they want to be become a a doctor so yeah I think I, I want to become a doctor that is it, maybe peer pressure is not the right sort of uh terminology to use but you you get that um I suppose it's that that social um it's not social proof either but it's it's just that you know your your mates are doing it your your class classmates I don't even know what that is oh that sounds exciting work you know working in the armed forces or could be anything couldn't it i want to go into agriculture yeah that's what i want to do because his best mate or her best mates yeah. mentioned it so that kids do follow other kids don't they so unless there are more options to talk about in the classroom so unless that that word and concept of engineering and manufacturing is is being part of the conversation nobody knows about it exactly but i was relying on rory and so yeah. did his teacher by the sounds of it you know to to be kind of saying to people yeah i went went to work with my mum um last week and i had a go on a um fanuc crx cobot oh yep. what's that oh well it, it assists you in manufacturing oh that sounds exciting a robot you know i'm like hang on a minute where did where did that all kind of go yeah um and i can only as you're just saying you know put it down to the fact that once he's in those four walls yeah at school everything that he shows at home or is interested in just kind of trickles away and doesn't come into conversation which is a real shame because i can tell you now rory won't be the only child that is uh, yeah. potentially the next you know aerospace engineer or someone that's got a huge amount of potential he struggles academically um yeah. i'm not gonna lie there's there are some children there that are absolute mathematicians that we need to be encouraging into engineering and um, and manufacturing you know so yes um it's something that i feel passionately enough about that i'm gonna spend the next 20 years trying to change and um you know 
I'm I'm taking it as serious as, as I possibly can and I've decided to sort of reverse engineer the process of how I'm going to get where I need to be if that makes sense. Yeah it, it does I, I, I understand I, I remember you mentioning before that you were going to be doing some mentoring uh is it at the Lee UTC in Dartford this year yeah. has, has that started yet? Big up the Dartford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, actually, that has started, and um, I'm really like buzzing about it. Like, so proud to be there and be um, part of the amazing work that they're doing. It's actually the school that I went to from the age of 11 to 17. Brilliant. I left there 20 years ago, and yes, I, I got in touch with them and asked about their um, STEM um learning and engineering t levels and so on and i was invited in to have a chat and before i know it yes i have taken on three so far three young engineers um two are um, female one male so that is um, brilliant really cool as well um and actually yeah that one of the the girls that i'm working with she is like from absolutely phenomenal and really interested in um an aerospace apprenticeship so i'm really um excited to to see where her journey goes um but one of the reasons i i got involved with the secondary school is that i thought right we we have all identified that there is a problem here you know children aren't learning about manufacturing like we've just said the younger yeah. years doesn't even come into conversation mm. and I thought before I start throwing my weight around and um, making assumptions about um, what exactly needs changing in this actually dealing with the um, year 13 um, just finishing their t-levels going on into apprenticeships um, dealing with them closely and actually doing my own research asking the students how they feel about manufacturing yeah and speaking to the teachers about what they understand is available what is their perception of the manufacturing sector requiring um skills and things um i need to understand that end of the scale before i can then work it back down and go right okay well where is the main problem here yeah. is it that the 18 year olds aren't getting the apprenticeships is it that the manufacturers aren't being loud and proud enough about having the opportunity and needing the skills for these youngsters to feel wanted I mean come on yeah. if they feel feel wanted and that it's a good opportunity then of course they're, they're going to jump at the chance of earning 100 I don't know I can't think off the top of my head is what is it, 120 or 104 pounds a week yep. earning while you're learning kind of thing and and having um, um a massive future ahead of them once they've done their apprenticeship you know um so yes i am i'm i'm trying to sort of break it down and decipher the the real pain points of where we need to make change and then of course hello um manufacturing world <laughs> This is what we all need to be doing. And I mean, there are some some fantastic um, organisations um, that are working hard. I know Make UK do a lot to um, encourage youngsters and publicise what's going on. Obviously, we've got um, Marvellous Manufacturing that was launched um, last year by Angela. And I think, you know, um, she's going to start doing some amazing things. 
Um, and I think, you know, I just really need to use my 20 years that I've been in this market and the platform yeah. created for machinery and manufacturing to be a platform to publicise all of that so we can yeah. bring people together and encourage. So machinery and manufacturing magazine and website, you know, it's a great platform. You, you could, you, you know, um, provide an update, uh, you know, every quarter or something, you know, w within the magazine and the website on uh, how this mentoring and, uh, and and work promoting STEM is going. Is, is that part of your sort of plans at the moment, Laura? Yeah, possibly. Um, we've we've got a page um, that's dedicated to training and education, actually, already yeah. on the website. So I tend to promote any apprenticeship news, any, well, any kind of training news. If, if, if um, the AMRC or the MTC have done something, someone is invested. If a training centre has opened, obviously last week we had the Incom um, training yes. centre open in Telford, which was um, massive news, and, and we publicised that. And I mean, even um, in terms of sort of interviews and snippets with apprenticeship, um, apprentices, I should say. Yes, we, we do a lot to publicise that. In terms of me being open about my mentoring that I'm doing, I do want to write about it. And I've got a lot to say about it. And I'm just trying to decipher the best way to go about it. It might yeah. even be in the way of a blog. Um, by the time this podcast airs, I might have gone live with a blog already. And I also need to um, discuss with um, the Lee how much I'm allowed to speak about. Yeah, um, absolutely. Obviously, I have mentioned, oh, they, they know that I work in media. They know I'm an editor. I was welcome to take photos and videos when I was there as long as... Um, there weren't any students um, in yeah. the shops. I did say if I was to speak about any of my experiences with um, the students, as long as I don't name their names, is that okay? And they've said, yes, fine. So I just think, um, yeah, I, it's something that I feel is going to kind of have a continuation, really. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's going to be more of a blogged LinkedIn sort of article style. Um, Great. Well, I look forward like, really, to... Uh... Um, yeah look forward to uh to reading about that when it's uh when it's ready um okay. now you and i met at the at the nec last year didn't we um at one of the exhibitions i think it was advanced engineering yeah. um i got out to I, I don't know three or four of the the exhibitions and i know you would you were doing your rounds the publication and the website was still fairly new so you've got you know all of that under your under your belt now have you found the events of, of the last sort of 12 months you know, a, a big advantage in terms of promoting machinery and manufacturing. Absolutely. Is, yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I think we were all ready to be back out at events. Um, the, the event circuit is absolutely booming. Yeah. Um, Mac 2022 was amazing. You know, that, that was really our launch, I guess, really. We'd launched in the Fe February the 10th. We went live with the first magazine and and I hadn't actually done a show and, and and made a proud sort of song and dance about exactly who we were and what we were doing until Max. So that went really well. Everyone that was there seemed ready to do business. Yeah. Proud, proud to be there. Pleased to be back shaking hands. There wasn't any of this dancing around, not really knowing what to do anymore. You know, because <laughs> it, it was a bit strange when events yeah. 
back on after the pandemic and 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 people didn't really know how to behave um so yes that went really well i i visited quite a few um throughout the course of the year as you um probably saw from my posts on on social media and whatnot tct yeah. was a really busy um event i didn't actually exhibit at tct but my goodness in the last three four years how additive manufacturing and 3d printing has just absolutely exploded um you know that blows my mind a little bit really so that was a really great show to go to yeah. um and they're all just getting such great football at the moment so yes i have certainly found that they've been worth exhibiting or attending in terms of um networking and i've you know i'm just a little bit of a a, a geek really i love to see um things in action and i really yeah. like to see my customers and their customers being positive about manufacturing and doing business yeah. you know it's, yeah. it's great to see real conversations taking place and business being done hands being shaken you know on the stands again so yeah, it's yeah cool. absolutely and i was chatting uh well it was only yesterday actually to james selker uh the ceo of um the, the manufacturing technologies association who who run mac um and we were we were having a conversation about uh, um additive manufacturing as well you know and how that's really you know come on leaps and bounds and it's the potential for that technology you know outside of the you know what most people were seeing as a you know it's generally for like rapid prototyping and stuff when it first came onto the yeah onto the market but you know there's no hopes that it you know could be adapted more for you know certain applications for 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 volume manufacturing in the future as well so it's really really interesting and i i'm really looking forward to to mac 24 next year um and some of the other exhibitions this year so um yeah it's a there's a, a good feeling it's an exciting time i went to yeah. went along to farnborough um air show last july and to see um rolls royce 3d printing um turbine blades for their yeah. big fan that they'd launched wow absolutely amazing yeah great yeah, technology that's... being used um and and for for rolls-royce to be adopting um the additive manufacturing route just i think really pioneers the fact that although it's been around a while i i feel like this is really the next beginning if you like for exactly where we're gonna see those kind of technologies go so yes mac, mac 24 as you've just said really gearing up to that now and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of new tech comes through um and i i dare say there will be more 3d printers and additive manufacturing going on along with um obviously robotics is um a, a huge area um at the moment as well isn't it so yeah you'll, you'll be at the show will you be at the show all week jeff um, uh, not not sure at the moment it's it's too far in in the in in the future but I'll, I'll certainly be there for one of the days um luckily it's only just up the road from where i where i live in birmingham so the nec is fairly local so uh and i'll say to james selker yesterday i could have done a day and a half or two days um last year because i i you know, I was quite strategic in terms of who I wanted to see, but I, I still didn't end up get, getting around and doing everything that I wanted to do. So I, I might, um, yeah, if, if work workload permits, um, and it may or may not at that time, you know, I'll, I'll try and spend a little bit more time um, at Mac because like you, I, 
um, you know, capital equipment, any any sort of plant and machinery. Uh, I mean, I love manufacturing anyway, but the certainly from an equipment and plant point of view, I'm I'm all over that. I, yeah, it's just fascinating. So, um, so we've spoken about that. You know, you're almost a year into M and M magazine and, and and website. How did you get into this? sector in the first place i know you've got a sort of former career you know with, with other you know with other businesses so you know what what made you get into this sort of environment in the first place i know right it's a long time ago 20 years ago <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of went along the lines of um i was halfway through my af levels and my family were hoping for me to be the first in the family to go to university and whatnot. So I took on a summer job at Wilmington Publishing. Um, and, and they are now the Connecting Industry um, magazines. Yeah. I took on a summer job there between maybe the June and what was meant to be the end of August. And um, landed myself a, a, a sales job selling advertorials actually so it's yep. kind of like my, my, my job's almost gone 360 I loved I, I was I was doing my A-level um, English I've always been a, a words person um, and I was selling and editing editorials or incoming press releases into advertorials yep. about manufacturing the connected industry books back then were all areas of manufacturing. So it might be that someone had um, a new PCB um, printer or um, right down to sort of a new semiconductor or a, a component sensor that was going into a piece of instrumentation all the way through to um, the early sort of stages of robotics and controls and things. Yeah. Um, and I just absolutely fell in love with it. I, I remember the conversation coming home and saying, I'm not going back um, to finish the rest of my A-levels off. Um, and there were some interesting conversations um, with the family. Obviously, back then, <laughs> I was 17. Yeah. Um, and I've always been quite strong-willed. Um, so I didn't sort of give them a chance. And I, I remember actually saying, like, this, I'm in deep. Like, this is me. I'm, I'm, I've found my, my path. Yeah. Um, at the time, I felt that way. Did I think that 20 years later, I would have gone through maybe three different large um, publishers, worked my way up through um, the ranks as, you know, advertising, sales manager, um, and then on to sort of sales director level? Probably not, but here we are. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of CNC machining and manufacturing, I've been in this market for oh, I'd say about 15 years so I did quite a long stretch with machinery magazine um yep. and it holds a, a a you know a place in my heart and always will they're they're over 110 years old I would say now yep. so um you know a, a massive um staple um within the the manufacturing um news world if you like really um and um yeah, I guess I just got to the stage where post-pandemic kind of sat back and thought to myself, hang on a minute, I've got some ideas here. I've got some ideas that other people aren't doing. Yep. Um, and I think I just need to, you know, kind of put my money where my mouth is, if you like, really, and make these changes and, and 
um, move forward into the market with something new um, and just kind of give it a go, really. So, yeah, machinery and manufacturing was born in maybe October of 2021. I really yeah. kind of got the gist that, okay, this is going to happen. I'd left my previous job after the pandemic and thought I'd have a little bit of time with my my little girl. Yeah. Um, and as soon as I decided to do that, the thought of not really knowing my place and where I was going to pop back up within the machine tool world drove mm. me crazy. Yeah. But, hey, it ignited the, the um, or fueled the fire that was already yeah. there, I guess, really, yeah. to to um, launch machinery and manufacturing. So, yeah. Well, that's a, a great story. And, uh, you know, clearly you've got a, a passion for for publishing. You've got a passion for the technology, the, the sector itself. It absolutely makes sense that you're doing what you're doing for your own business. And, you know, as, as, as an industry, you know, manufacturing and engineering needs good um, information, data, you know, people like you and the other and some of the other publishers um, to, you know, to be informative, to be a, to, to be creative and give people within the sector the sort of content that they're looking for. So from from a, an M&M perspective, I'm thinking of chocolates now. Uh, yeah. I don't want to get uh, don't want to fall foul of any copywriting. Machinery and manufacturing. I've probably got the copyright on chocolate anyway. I eat enough of it. Um, but machinery manufacturing, in terms of your um, your readers or, or your, yeah, I suppose, yeah, readers, customers, what, what do they, what sort of feedback have they been giving you in terms of what they want to see in the magazine? I mean, I've had a few copies. It's a great format. You know, it's a, it's a great read. I love the A5 in the, you know, the printed version, but the website's brilliant. You know, it's, it's dynamic. It's, it's colourful. Lots of good topics on there. But what are people telling you? this is what we want or can we have more of this or, you know, what, what, what's the, what sort of feedback are you getting from the, uh, from the people out there? Oh, I've, I've had a yeah fantastic feedback from people. I mean, the fact that obviously we want to stay current, informative and technical to a degree so that um, um, engineers have got something to get their teeth into if there's a, a new product um, yeah. or um, a case study that is um, particularly um, technically different to something else. Obviously, we want to make sure we satisfy the appetite for that. But funnily enough, the um, the the best sort of read views that we get and the things that we are asked for more are interviews and conversations. You know, I think okay. we're all just so sort of cooped away, weren't we, during um, the pandemic? People are. So much more open to be either watching or listening to a podcast um, and or, or reading an interview um, between two or three people. Conversation, I guess, is, is the thing that people are after. They yeah. want to know um, about, OK, you've got a new product that's come to market, but I don't just necessarily want to know the facts about this product. I'd like to hear someone talking to me about it in application and instead of the old traditional way of oh this is this and it does that you know um you need to purchase this to enable you to um increase your um profits to break the barriers down and make it a really personal yeah i kind of want the magazine to feel like 
an experience instead of just a magazine, if that makes sense. Yeah. I try and put as much of my personality into it um, as possible. You know, I might be a bit Marmite, so whether that's the, <laughs> the right thing to do or not, I don't know. Um, but I, the one thing I will say is that people just want to see personality come yeah. across in content these mm. days. And going back to inspiring the younger generation, I know you mentioned the fact that my website is bright, colourful or fresh or, or the term that you used. Dynamic. Uh, I, dynamic. Okay, yeah. we'll say dynamic. Yeah, the bright colours, the the um, the way that it fits in well with your, your social media, it, it's, it's noticed. Um, yeah. I'm going to be doing this for at least the next 20 years. And yeah. I think, Technology is moving on at a pace where social media is ever important and to inspire some of the youngsters to actually click the links and go, oh, I am going to read about that, um, yeah. I don't know, aerospace story or a, a BAE um, apprentice that's um, just won an award. You know, I, wanna, I wanted to make it as attractive as possible across the board for um, not just the younger generation, obviously, but um, we all know that their heads are turned by these bright Instagram kind of um, colours and short videos yeah. and things. It's just the way of the world now, isn't it, Jeff, yeah. really? Yeah. And uh, interestingly, um, I mean, it, it, uh, when you were when you were describing that, I, I was thinking of three things. I was thinking of uh, connection, you know, after lockdowns and things like that. People want to feel connection interaction and collaboration i mean they, they, those three words are they're so powerful you know in, in no matter what field you're in whether it's engineering or you know finance well you know where, wherever you are in the world or, or even socially you know um we're human beings we, we like to be around other people we like to learn from other people and having that interaction and as you say make making it making the magazine this is what i loved about what you said making the magazine or the uh, the website, um, an experience rather than just a load of text and pictures to to look at and read. Yeah. People want to feel uh, that they're part of the, the whole sector, which, which, you know, engineers and manufacturers do, you know, they're all in this together. But I think it's it's refreshing, actually, to to see or, or hear a, a publisher talk about their product in that way. It's not, you know, you're not um you, you, from where i'm sitting you you haven't set up this business just as a as a transactional thing to make money you clearly uh, no. have a passion for it you're creative and you want everybody to be uh, you know contributing and feeling involved and um i think that's a great a, a, a great place to to be at really um so well done you for uh, for your philosophy yes, on that I've, I've I've worked in publishing for long enough to have known that it wasn't a case of set up a magazine and buy myself a Ferrari a week later. Let's just say <laughs> that. And actually, any profits that were made um, last year were completely reinvested back into, um, you know, the company and the platform. This is just yeah. the very beginning for me. Um, and again, being able to just afford the time to be able to be on a podcast and not start yeah. worrying about selling something spending a couple of days a month with youngsters and speaking about engineering that to me is 
more successful having a good product that's able to um, provide me the time to be able to give something back actually for me currently that is what I kind of class as having made it a success if yeah well that that resonates really strongly with me I mean it's it's very very similar to my own situation as you know my my day job with the business um authentic resourcing i'm an executive headhunter so um you know that's how i make a living but the podcast it's not a commercial thing it's a it's a side gig if you like it was never meant to be a um you know a, a huge platform for my business in, in recruitment um but i love doing it i love being connected to people uh, you know talking about things without either party being under any pressure to sell or be uh, or be um uh, you know convinced to be interested in a product or service you know it's it's all value added stuff for the manufacturing and engineering community and actually doing the work that i do um sometimes it does give me time to do other things like this i've also taken on a mentor myself um so it, it's really nice, you know, to um, to have, you know, people talk a lot about work-life balance, don't they? I mean, I think if you're an entrepreneur, if you're running your own business, you you have to do it because you love doing it, you know, because you you don't get the holidays uh, or the paid holidays that, that people in employment do. You know, yeah. the buck stops with you. And if there are problems, you've got to deal with them yourself. And that, that these are the benefits, you know, we, we can... Um, or I certainly like to arrange my my time and my diary, you know, clearly around customers and live assignments first, but then, you know, try and fit in some of this other stuff like the podcast um, that is really there to, to help other people. So I, I love the fact that you're doing that. Um, kindred spirits, I think. Absolutely. Um, so... Laura, it's been a fantastic discussion with you today. Um, just got time to ask you uh, one more question, and that that will be around, you know, what else is planned for this year? You, I know you, you're doing the mentoring. We've got events. Um, the, the magazine and website will continue to develop. Is there anything special that you've got in the pipeline specifically that you'd oh, like to talk about? We, well, our first birthday on the 10th of Feb, that's yep. going to be... Um, in terms of my little team that I've managed to build, that's the short-term um, kind of date on the diary, really. We we will be having a glass of fizz or two, and we will be eating <laughs> cake. Yeah, <laughs> good. Um, so, yeah, that, that's going to be great to celebrate that. Um, next week is Southern Manufacturing, so really, really excited about that one. I'm absolutely blown away with the amount of people that are on the um, exhibitor list this time. Yeah. I, they have done an absolute sterling effort um, of putting together such a great um, show, and I'm absolutely yeah. fun to be there. Um in terms of what's going to be new for us, as I said, I'm, I'm looking at starting um, my journey into some kind of uh, education blog um, or skills blog, we should say. Um, we're growing. Um, I think when I started, it was me and one other. I've now got a team of six, including myself working yep. on machines and manufacturing um, they're, they're not all um, full-time employees but still um, a team of six working um, 
towards um you know expanding and, and growing um the magazine further um and just really giving up for i guess advanced engineering at the end of the year yeah how crazy is that we're in we're like we're on february now it's um yeah six months away and i'll, I'll be uh, out the other side of the school holidays and um uh, <laughs> into into the next show and then of course after that it will be um time to start planning mac 2024 absolutely Um, so yeah it's it's i'm really excited about this year thank you so much for letting me come on um and chat to you jeff i really appreciate um you having me um and yeah i guess from a personal point of view um the thing that's really new and important this year is going to be all around um, skills, um, understanding this fundamental gap we've got going on between the education and employment world in manufacturing that apprenticeships fit in and trying to just get a grip of how we can inspire these youngsters that is my mission for the year. And interestingly, when I was sat with my mentees last week, they're not really sure that the manufacturing sector wants them. How sad is that? Yeah. Well, that and says it all, doesn't it? UTC. They go to a UTC. They're using HAS vertical machining centres. They've got a plasma cutter. Sorry, a laser cutter. They're, yeah. they're using water jet cutting machines. They've got 20 laves for metal working vertical um mills they're living their end of school life in metal working their projects are all based around metal working yet yeah. when i asked all three of them do you think there's opportunity for you do you think there are apprenticeships out there and their answers were i'm not really sure now that to me says it's the manufacturing um, company that wants the apprentice. Us as the manufacturing sector, we're the ones that need to be making more of a song and dance. So there we go. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, there's there's lots for all of us to do to to support that and, and get the word out. So thank you so much for your, your insights today. It's been a great episode. I've really enjoyed our discussion. So that wraps up today's episode. I, I hope our listeners and uh, viewers have enjoyed our discussion. Thanks again to Laura Crawford from Machinery and Manufacturing Magazine. Thank you for listening and look out for the next episode of Insights for Manufacturing. See you next time and bye-bye. <laughs>